This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'm Matt Addison, back on hosting duties once again. And with less than a week to go until the new season begins, excitement is starting to build once more. To get into all the latest Reds talking points, I have alongside me for the latest Blood Red podcast, our Liverpool correspondent both home and away, Paul Gorst, plus Joe Rimmer and Kiva O'Neill. Gorsty will come to you first. Looking forward to all the football kicking off again. I am, but um, not in a way that I normally would be, because I think it's just the behind closed doors model is is really set in now, isn't it? And it only occurred to me last week that, or rather yesterday, that um, I normally love that first match of the day of the season, you know, the first one of the season where you see all the new teams in action with the new signings and all that, with all the new kits. And it only dawned on me last night that, that it's next week, and I was a bit like, oh, well, I suppose there's something to watch then Saturday night and whatever if I'm going to stay in. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a chance to watch Liverpool in competitive action once again, isn't it? And um, we can obviously look forward to well, it's going to be another title challenge and another skating on. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, but not as much as, as probably a normally would be. Uh, well, not as, as much as it was 18 months ago when Liverpool were ready to, to kick off against Norwich. Yeah, definitely. It's a, a big game to start, isn't it, Joe? Leeds United at, at Anfield. How much are you looking forward to that? Yeah, big time mixed feelings. You know, I, I think I've said it quite a few times, huge admirer in Leeds, really like them as a football club, think they're, they're one of the biggest clubs in the country and I'm really pleased to see them back in the Premier League. I've got good friends who support Leeds, but then again, there'll be no fans there, so it's kind of ruins the occasion a little bit and I think this would have been a great game later in the season. It'll still be a, a great game to watch, it'll be fascinating to see what um, Leeds can do in the Premier League and, and how they shape up against Liverpool and the two managers facing off, so quite excited about that, but like Gorsley, it's not quite the same, is it? I think we've all seen enough of this behind closed doors football now to know that realistically it's it's just not as fun, is it? It's, it's not as fun. And, you know, I think I watched the Champions League final and that's usually one hell of an occasion, but it just doesn't feel like it. So it's a bit of a shame, but yeah, um, you know, hopefully I know the fans will be coming back in October and hopefully by the end of the season, you never know, things might look a bit better. But yeah, um, Still looking forward to seeing what Leeds can do against Liverpool. Yeah, and Kiever O'Neill alongside us as well. How's things over on the other side of the river, Kiever? You looking forward to some competitive action after uh, three friendlies behind closed doors? Yeah, do you know what I am? I mean, I'm full of cold at the minute. So, but, you know, the common cold, that's that's nothing to worry about, is it? Um, but yeah, I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to it, other than it'd be great to, to get to Anfield, wouldn't it? That's what we're all football fans for, to go to the game and, you know go for a drink with your mates and that kind of thing. And I just think, you know, that's sort of what people, you know, they play football for 90 minutes, but it's, it's a day out, isn't it? And, you know, even if you're not getting the game, it's just the whole sort of excitement of the day. And I feel like that's kind of lost when fans aren't able to attend. But, you know, it's it's as soon as that, that whistle blows, it's just going to be full on another season of Liverpool, you know, going for the, the Premier League title again. And it's kind of like... A bit scary and I'm getting a bit my heart's racing a little bit thinking about it. Um another one. Um but hopefully you know we get a good result against Leeds and then we just just go for it because it, it's a bit of a weird one, isn't it, with all the all the business Chelsea are doing. You you kind of don't know if they're gonna like absolutely smash it or just, just be the same as it was last year and have a good run but not not as good as Liverpool. So it's a little bit are oh, Man City really gonna, you know, 
go for it or a Liverpool just gonna boss it again. So it's it's just like it's a bit it's a bit scary thinking of it all, isn't it? We've we've got to do it though. Yeah, it's different in, in many ways, isn't it? Everyone starts the season on zero points. It's been a long time since Liverpool were level with the rest of those Premier League teams or anywhere close to them, in fact. But Gorsty, of course, Liverpool did play over the weekend behind closed doors at Anfield. We'll start with a little bit of a, a touch on the game against Blackpool. We won't go into too much detail because there's been plenty of content on that match across the Blood Red Channel over the last couple of days. But it was nice to, to see the players score a few goals, a little bit of a confidence boost and would have been important for them to get a few minutes in the legs. Yeah, definitely. I think the first half Liverpool really struggled and created one or two half chances, but couldn't really break down Blackpool. Maybe Cater was unlucky with one off the post. Um, but it was an interesting team selection, wasn't it? It was kind of like a hybrid between you know the, the, the senior stars with the front three who were still there at Melwood, um, as was Allison and, and Fabinho and, and Cater. But then you had the likes of Billy Cometio playing a game and um, Sepp Vandenberg was obviously part of, of the, the, the seven players who scored, seven different scorers, I think, um, and Harvey Elliott as well. So it was a bit, bit of a strange one. Um, as I say, I didn't think Liverpool particularly played well. First half, second half, they really came into their own and, and um, you know, racked up a um, bit of a scoreline. I think while Liverpool were obviously the dominant team, I don't think too many expected them to go and you know, knock in seven. Um, but a little bit of a confidence boost going into the into the new season, as we say. And um, important minutes for, for players like John Matip, who, who let's face it, hasn't played at all. As he really he was involved in seven, and that was his only game post pro, uh, project restart, as they call it. So um, important for for quite a few players, and um, a little bit of a confidence boost going into Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think Takumi Minamino, Joe, probably the biggest talking point from the weekend. Another impressive show from him. How excited are you about him heading into the new season? Yeah, I've got a... This is probably jinxing him now, um, so I'm sorry about this, Takumi. But, yeah, I've got a really good feeling about him. I just think he looks bright. He looks quite sharp. And, um, you know, it, it just seems like they're, they're trying different formations and different ideas to try and find out what's best for him at the moment. And, you know, I think it looks like centrally, just just off forwards, is, is what's best for him. And and Liverpool seemed to try that formation on Saturday, and, and he seemed to do well. He's obviously scored a couple of goals recently. Um, he just looks sharp. Him and him and Cater for me in pre-season have both been the two that, that that look sharp going into the new season. And you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he if he starts on on Saturday. You know, I think Klopp went for the sort of tried and trusted against Arsenal, and they didn't quite do it. And then when he made the changes in the second half. Liverpool came to life a little bit, um, and I, and I wonder whether now going into Saturday's game, whether he'll he'll just try and mix it up in one or two positions. And Minamino is someone that's been pushing and pushing, so um, it's just interesting to see where he fits in. Obviously, he's been used as an alternative for for Firmino quite a lot uh, in the in the the, the uh, last season and the end of last season, and in pre-season he's been using a variety of roles. So I wonder whether he'll try that formation that he tried against Blackpool when. Minamino seemed to be the, the most advanced midfielder uh, on Saturday. Um, but yeah, you know, I just think he, he looks more settled. He looks more confident. He looks like the type of the, the player that we saw for Salzburg um, at the end of last year. And that, that bodes well for Liverpool because when he came in, he just looked, you know, quite, you know, understandably like someone coming into a whole new team, a new culture and, and he looked a little bit playing within himself and now he looks a, a lot more confident. So can't wait to see him in action. And yeah, I think I think we can expect decent things from him. I think it's easy to disregard him as well. People want to talk about signings and people hate this, don't they? 
it's like a new signing, but you know, he's coming in and you expect a lot more from him, don't you? So for Liverpool he could be a new dimension next season. So hopefully he is. And um yeah, good luck to him because I can't wait to watch him play. Yeah, he certainly looked a player over the weekend. We're gonna talk briefly about centre backs in just a second, Kiva, but just a, a quick question, really, on Billy Cometio. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk about him. Do you think Saturday maybe showed that he's not quite ready to, to step in there and, and Liverpool might need to, to dip into the market at some point? Yeah, I mean, you know, he, he had such a good pre-season, didn't he? And he made that one mistake, um, which I think just showed a little lack of experience, which is, you know, obviously going to happen at that age. He's only 17, I mean, in Austria, he was eating headers for breakfast, wasn't he? And, you know, we were all buzzing off him. And, you know, I think he's got those qualities that you can see. So I think that's really promising. We were never going to expect him to be starting games for Liverpool next season, was we? So, you know, I don't think it's a big concern. I think, you know, they were difficult situations. It'll be a great experience for him. You know, Klopp was actually made up with them after the game. He was saying, you know, he played some Super Bowls and, like, was, you know, doing everything that sort of, you know, has been instructed to do. I think he had a couple of private sessions, Sydney and Austria, and kind of just like one-to-one kind of approach because obviously Liverpool see something in him, as which is, you know, the fans watching those games will see, you know, he's, there's clearly a talented player there. Um, but as I say, you're not expecting him to be starting alongside Van Dijk. But as we've seen in the past, Liverpool's, Injury woes at centre half, you know, touch wood. We got lucky last year, but the season before, we I think we were down to Van Dijk and Minan, um, which you know wasn't great. But um, you know, I think it is a little bit of a worry that Dejan Lovren's left, and you kind of see in the performances he's racking up. And you know, from I've, I've followed Zenith on on Twitter, and they're just like Zenith Saint Lovren now, pretty much. Literally everything he does is like going viral. He's you know scoring goals you know, winning games for them, keeping clean sheets. And it kind of does make you think Liverpool have lost a really, really experienced veteran defender there. And, you know, to, we, we've obviously, it's good to have Matted back. And that was a, a big bonus at the weekend, just knowing that, that he's there. Because I think you can probably get by with, like, you, you three experienced and, you know, veterans like that. Well, I mean, we talk about Joe Gomez as though he's 35. He's, he's still a kid himself, really, isn't he? Um. So, you know, you, you do kind of worry, but maybe can Liverpool get by? A couple of injuries could just completely, you know, get the, the road could go off, the car could go off the road, couldn't it really? Because you look at Man City last season and that's where they struggled. That's, I think, where they pretty much lost the league. A few injuries and their sense just not, not coming to the level that would be expected of, you know, mounting a, a, a title challenge. So it is a little bit of a concern, I think, going into the new season. But look, Liverpool have got the best centre-half in the world still in Van Dijk. Gomez is brilliant, Massive's brilliant. Some good players coming through, whether it's a bit late in the game now to be going out and getting a, a centre-half, I think it probably is. But, you know, it's open till October the 5th, the transfer market, isn't it? So, you know, if an injury does, does happen or something or Klopp thinks, you know, we need to bring in some more experience, I'm sure he'll do that. Gorsi, I know you wanted to make a point about Billy Cometio as well. Obviously, we saw that mistake over the weekend, but what was your take on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I actually didn't think it was it was too much of a mistake from him. I thought that the ball from Salah was dreadful. Um, Salah kind of drifts in, in field and takes it to make the pass and eventually tries the 
crossfield pass of, of about 30 yards right along the floor, didn't put anywhere near enough on it. And then he's put Cometio in a, in a world of trouble, a 17-year-old defender who's the last man. Um, and he didn't didn't win the 50-50. And, and that, that, that's, where, that's where the experience will come into play. He'll know next time that he probably just has to go in, into that with all of his, all of his power and, and might. And nine times out of ten, the opposition player will probably take a look at him and think, don't fancy this one. Um, so learning and experience, but I don't think that was too much of a of a huge mistake from Billy Cometti. I just thought it was a senior player putting him under a little bit of uh, undue pressure, I think. Yeah, Joel Matip back, of course, as well, Joe, getting minutes under his belt. How important do you think that'll be for Liverpool? Obviously, we've mentioned the, the lack of depth in that area of the field, but he's going to be needed over the next few weeks. Yeah, massively. I mean, it's it's like a battle that we, we sort of see it repeating every season now, don't we? The last two seasons gone by, um, Joe Gomez and, and Matip have, and, and Lovren before that battled for the, um, the the spot alongside Van Dyke, and it it looks like it's it's anyone's it's up for grabs again, doesn't it? You know, I think Matip probably might, might well be the favourite going into Saturday, um, having performed quite well over pre-season. So um, I think his experience will be vital. I think he's quite often overlooked, and um, I like him. He looks stronger, um, and he he seems to be a threat from set pieces as well, which is good. So. Um, well, I'd, again, I think it would be an interesting battle because I think Gomez has shown the odd, the odd moment of weakness, and obviously he's still learning. But Matip has got that experience, so um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Matip starts on Saturday. Obviously, Liverpool have got a lot of footballs to play in a short space of time again, so I think they will they will rotate somewhat. But yeah, um, Matip might have edged the head again. Yeah, difficult uh, mistake to cope with for Joe Gomez for England over the weekend. So it'll be interesting to see who is picked on Saturday. But we'll move on a little bit from Blackpool now and move on to a more transfery theme for the main part of the show. I spoke to football finance expert Kieran Maguire for a podcast that will be released tomorrow. So you can check that out where you got this episode from. And without wanting to give too much away, the long and short of it is that Liverpool's approach really is going to be very sensible for the rest of this summer, as we've been saying now for, for quite some time. So that might mean an approach of having to sell a few players before they go into the market. That's not just about finances, of course, but about squad size as well. But one player, Gorsty, who has been linked with a move away is Genie Wijnaldum. First of all, how likely do you think it is that Liverpool would allow him to go this summer? And secondly, should they even be contemplating that? Difficult one, that one, isn't it? Um, do Liverpool... Does Liverpool see more value in a season out of them and then them leaving on a free, or do they see it as more uh, profitable to kind of sell them at a knockdown price now and then chase a, a replacement? Um, that's a really difficult one. I think if you look at the the recent history, someone like Henry Chan is, a, is kind of a little bit of evidence, isn't it? With Liverpool thought, if he wasn't signing a new contract, it was better to kind of keep him in the squad and, and then you know see him go on a free because. Probably what they can get out of him for the season is ultimately more valuable than um, than kind of a knockdown price. So uh, it's a really difficult one, especially when Liverpool kick off the season in, in less than a week. And no manager wants to do a new season with um, so many uncertainties hanging over the squad. Managers obviously prefer to have the business done and dusted before the season starts. Um, obviously, there's still what well, there's still just under a month before the, the window shuts. But I think Jurgen Klopp. Would, would be no different in terms of wanting the, the squad settled and, and ready in time for the kickoff. So it's a really, really difficult situation that Liverpool are in at the moment in terms of Wijnaldum. I don't think we've seen a few reports over the weekend suggesting that Liverpool 
ready to kind of do business at 15 million. Um, you know, they, they've just paid nearly 12 there for a, a reserve left back. So for a player of his importance, I'd be surprised if they were kind of ready to accept that. Um, I think it might be a case of him actually staying put and getting another season out of him and maybe somewhere along the line of this season trying to kind of thrash out a new contract. But uh, at the moment, it, it's not looking like that is the case and there are no talks planned, no active talks at the moment. So it's an um, awkward position that Liverpool are in at the moment. Um, but I hope he stays because there's no, no doubt in his importance to the cause. And your take on that, Kiva? I mean, if Liverpool, for example, were to have a replacement lined up, do you think it might be worth making that move this summer or would you just keep him around? I'd keep Ginny. Um, I think the job he does isn't always isn't all it would he doesn't always get plaudits, does he? I think I've I mentioned the other week, you know, this is a Ballon d'Or nominee. He's an incredible midfielder who does such an important job for Liverpool. Similar in a way to Firmino, how he's selfless sort of he's just in a role that, you know, he's not getting when Aldum's not getting goals and assists. And, you know, I think someone tried to pull him up on that on Twitter, like a rival fan saying, you know, he's, he's not got any goals or assists. To, you know, his last assist was then. It's like, that's not what he's in the side to do. You know, that's that's not his role at Liverpool. For the Netherlands, obviously, you, you see him, you know, going a little bit further forward and, you know, he does get it, get himself among the goals, doesn't he? But that's not what he's there to do for Liverpool. He's, he's winning back that ball, feeding it forward. You know, he's just that protective sort of player that, you know, will add to the attack and defence. I think he's all round such a perfect midfielder. Um, obviously, if, you know, he does want to team back up with Ronald Koeman at Barcelona, you, you can't exactly blame him. But, you know, does he want to? I mean, you'd probably think that Liverpool are going to be definitely battling and out for the Premier League title next season I think if they lost someone like Wijnaldum at this stage in the game you know heading into the the weekend you know even over the next month you know you you definitely have to replace him straight away because he's such an important player now obviously I think you know all the links are sort of like if if Wijnaldum goes Thiago then arrives and you know I'm not entirely sure that's a thing it's just a lot of people saying it so does it make it right I don't know um you get a bit bored don't you as I always do say but um can't wait for the window to shut, really, just to end, end it all, all the speculation. Just kill it now. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to see one album stay. Obviously, Thiago's an amazing player. I'd love to see him play in Liverpool. Yet, but whether that's going to happen, you don't really know, do you? Um, but yeah, I think one album's such an underrated player. And I'd, I think it'd be one of them weird moments where he leaves the club and then you wouldn't, I know he's 29, but you wouldn't quite realise until maybe halfway through the season how much you were missing him. You know, he's he's first choice for Klopp and will he want him to go? Will he heck? No, absolutely. I mean, one argument that has been put forward, Joe, is that Liverpool could do with a, a little bit of a refresh in their squad. They didn't spend much last summer if they weren't to do that again this summer. Could you see a, a situation where it gets a little bit stale? I mean, I can't personally, but there is that argument that is put forward by some people. Look, I, I do think they, they need one or two fresh faces. Um, still massively think that they need, more so than in midfield, a, another forward, you know, a, a left-sided forward as backup for Mane, just to give them another option. I mean, Origi's been there a number of seasons now. You don't need me to tell you what he's done for the club, but I just think they need something else, something different now. And and, and that, is, that, to me, is, is the one area where 
I'd be looking at and looking at trying to freshen up and I think it would help I think you know we just talked about Minamino being a, a new sort of option for Liverpool and and him and Cater being the two and all right Cater's not a new player but being the two players that have come in and and, and sort of shown something over pre-season and, and perhaps transformed the game a little bit for Liverpool against Arsenal and the community field but I think fresh legs and fresh faces can do that for you so personally I would like to see them buy somebody um, and I, I still think they will because I think they will sell players not necessarily Wijnaldum, but certainly, you know, the likes of Harry Wilson, um, Marco Grewich, people like that. So, personally, I would like to see them sign at least one more player, maybe two. Um, but in terms of the midfield, I don't think that needs a freshen up. I think your midfield, you know, you look at, you've got Keita coming in who who ha- has been improving and does look a better player. And I don't think we're writing him off yet. We've got a young lad in Curtis Jones who I think, Everyone on this podcast and, and listening would rate very highly. Um, and then you've got players that have just proven themselves time and time again. And look, you know, it's it's easy to to look at Thiago, isn't it, and and, and get excited about what he could potentially bring. But, but to me, why would you change a midfield that has dominated the Premier League last season? You know, pretty much did the same thing the season before, and and won a Champions League and got to two finals in the last three seasons. You know. I, I suspect Wijnaldum, unless he, he says that I want to leave this summer and, you know, if Barcelona do come along with an offer and he says he wants to take it, I suspect they'll keep him around, whether his contract's running down or whether he signs a new one, because Klopp does that, doesn't he? He's done that with Emery Chan. Um, he did that with Robert Lewandowski at, at um, Dortmund. And I'm pretty sure he, he played Mario Goethe in a, in a European Cup final against the team that he knew he was going to join. So Klopp doesn't let those sorts of things influence his team selection. So I, t- I personally think that unless Wijnaldum wants to move, he will stay and potentially leave the club on a free next summer uh, and Liverpool won't let it bother them. And I agree with everything Kiva said there. You know, he's the type of player that I don't think people quite realise how good he is and how influential he is uh, until he potentially departs. And, you know, you, you're not a bad player if you play in a team that has won the things that Liverpool has won and, and you're a regular, you know, it, he plays at the highest level for Holland and he plays at the highest level for Liverpool and he's an awesome, automatic starter pretty much for both teams. So um, you don't do that by being a bad player. And as, as great as Thiago may be to me, why 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 twist when by sticking you've got the, t- you know, the, the, the midfield that has won you the things that they've won. So, you know, I'd keep them around, but I do think they need fresh legs in, in different areas. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, Joe mentions there the, the front three and potentially needing a different option in that sort of position, Ghosty. I put this question to Kieran Maguire in the podcast that comes out tomorrow and I wonder what you make of it because I saw a, a theory that a few people had said that you know next summer each of the front three will have two years remaining on their contracts. A lot of fans would say, well, maybe you've got to start thinking about a succession plan. You've got to start thinking about who might come in and replace those players. Would it not make more sense then to buy someone this summer maybe someone the summer after and, and the summer after that and do it as a, a gradual process rather than possibly having to do a wholesale change at some point down the line. Yeah, I can see the I can see the logic in that. The, the only issue would be is this summer is just a summer unlike any other, isn't it? And um, I see quite a lot of people moaning that that isn't the case for, for every other team. But the exception of Chelsea and Manchester City, who haven't even said that much necessarily, just Nathan Ake and Ferran Torres, but the exception of Chelsea, you know, clubs are 
cutting the, the cloth accordingly, aren't they? Manchester United doesn't look like they're going to be getting James Sancho purely because they don't want to pay the, the fee that Dortmund are asking for him because of the situation that they're in. So th- there is something to be said of succession planning and some careful kind of dissection and analysis. And, and we all know that goes on at Liverpool behind the scenes over who's going to come in and, and eventually replace this incredible front three. But I think for the quality of player that is needed to effectively replace any of those front three, I don't think Liverpool have got the money to be doing it this summer. So then you're looking at next summer and, and obviously Liverpool will be in a much better position about to know about their financial, you know, what they can kind of spend then. So I think it's much more likely that Liverpool kind of bring in a, a marquee shine, if you like, in one of the interest under 12 months time than, than we are over the next four weeks. Yeah, in terms of players departing Liverpool then before that transfer window deadline, we've seen Shea Ojo join Cardiff on loan this morning, but there's plenty of others who are being linked with moves. There's six players that I've got on the list, so I'll give you two names each as we go round, and we'll, we'll start with yourself, Kiever, and, and Loris Carrius. I mean, obviously a player who has not played for Liverpool for a long time. He was on the bench at the weekend. What do you think should happen next with him and, and who potentially might be interested in him, do you think? I think it's a difficult one, isn't it, with Loris? I mean, does he just sort of stick around because no one wants him and he's still got a contract at Liverpool? You kind of don't know. I don't know if Paul would know anymore on, on if any clubs are interested in him. I'm not too sure myself. But, um, you know, it's not like Klopp was testing him out again in pre-season, was it? Which you saw, you know, after the, the Champions League final in 2018. He, he had that, that game at Tramier, I think. Did Liverpool maybe play... Another Chester or someone random like that. Um, and he made a couple of mistakes, didn't he, in those games? It was kind of like, well, all right, then let's let's get him offsides for a, for a couple of years and see what it, you know what he can sort of rebuild his mental fortitude. And I think to an extent he's done that, hasn't he? Obviously, it didn't quite work out for him in Turkey, and he had to, I think, to determinate that contract and and come back. And um, I don't think he's going to be ahead of Adrian, is he? In the in the in the keeper stakes next season, if he does stick around, I think you know it, it, there's always going to be that kind of little bit of animosity between him and the fans because of the final. I mean, I'd personally tell people to let that go. You know, the lad made a, a couple of bad errors, and you know, it, it's something that'll never leave him for the rest of his life. Haven't we all made mistakes before? I think we have. So, you know, on a human level like that, let's just let that one go. But you know, I think it'd be nice maybe for him to. If, if he can't find the club just to, to stick around, but then what do, do Liverpool then do in terms of he's not going to be playing games? You'd think Adrian will be coming into the cup games. Obviously, we saw Alisson get injured last season. Um, you know, we've saw Kelleher be the sort of third choice goalkeeper. Does Carrius sort of go above Liverpool's young goalkeeper who they, who they want, you know, to get that experience rather than a keeper that they probably don't have a long term future for? Um, it, it is. It's an interesting one. I think you know the the best thing could be if he if he could part ways probably with Liverpool now. But you know it's not going to be the biggest problem in the world, is it? If if he does stay along for the for what should be another exciting ride. Yeah, still a few weeks left, of course, for him to potentially find a new club. And I suppose, Joe, you could say the same for Harry Wilson because Liverpool have made clear they don't want to loan him again. But it doesn't look like there's too many teams prepared to pay that sort of fee at this stage absolutely I think I think there'll be some compromise in terms of fees for Liverpool you know that they might get things up 
performance related bonuses or potentially even towards the end of the window I think you might see I know Liverpool don't want to loan Harry Wilson again but I think potentially if it's a loan with a guarantee of a buy and a certain fee at the end of it um, you know whether that defers the payment for a year um, to make things a bit more attractive for, for buying clubs whether they'd, they'd consider that um, but Harry Wilson is a player I think that, that needs to now move on and, and I know that you know, he'd be pleased to be training with Liverpool, but look, I don't think realistically he's gonna he's gonna be playing for Liverpool on a regular basis anytime soon. So, I think for him, he needs to get moving on this summer and, and find a, a permanent home. And you know, I think there there are clubs. I think several clubs in the Premier League have expressed an interest. And I think if the price is right, he will be a Premier League player uh, by the end of the window. So, it'll be interesting to see what he what happens. I think Liverpool wanted around twenty million. Am I right, Gorsty? But I wonder whether that will come down to, say, 15, you know, and a bit of a compromise will be reached um, because that's what it seems to be seems to be happening elsewhere. So, yeah, um, Callum Wilson's just gone for 20 million. So that's the sort of, you know, he's a lot more proven, isn't he, I suppose, than, than, than Harry Wilson is. So, yeah, I think, I think there'll be some compromise, but I think Harry Wilson will move on sooner rather than later. And I suppose, Gorsty, you could put Marco Gruic in a, a similar sort of situation, similarly valued, similar in that they don't want to loan him this summer. Yeah, well, there were some interesting comments from Hertha Berlin Sporting Director recently, wasn't there, saying they're kind of waiting to see what Liverpool want to do, but the noise is coming out of the club is that Liverpool are happy to kind of listen to offers for, for Gruic of around similar type of fee that they were asking for for Harry Wilson. Um, he's only played 14 games for Liverpool. And that's the same amount he played in his second half loan spell at Cardiff. So considering he was Jürgen Klopp's first ever signing, um, you'd have to say that the writing is very much on the wall for him as far as breaking into that first team goes. Um, particularly in the position he plays, where Liverpool have got about nine different players who, who can play across that, that middle three. So if Liverpool can get a decent fee for him, he's someone who, who I think will be moved on and hopefully that can be kind of reinvested into but at the moment, is a pretty non-existent transfer budget by all accounts, isn't it? So, um, yeah, he's, he's someone who's, who's in the same boat as Wilson in terms of, I think, it is for him to kind of move on and, and um, look to establish himself somewhere else. Because by all accounts, he has played well at Hertha Berlin while he's been there and, and he, was, he did well at Cardiff. So now's the time for him to maybe come, become a first-team regular somewhere else. Yeah, it's a very different Liverpool squad at this stage to the one that he first arrived into. But uh, Kiva, the next player on the list, Yasser Larucci, obviously a left-back, has been signed by Liverpool this summer. Do you think that signals the end for, for Larucci's time at the club? Yeah, I think it probably does. I think there was sort of sounds coming out that he, you know, he wanted to play more football, which you can't blame him for. Um, I think who were the clubs interested? You might. Does anyone remember? There was a couple of clubs knocking about, wasn't there? I think Leeds, Leeds might have been. Probably. Yeah. yeah um, so there's certainly interest there for them, but obviously we're in such a weird sort of time, aren't we, where clubs aren't necessarily wanting to spend money that maybe Liverpool want for, you know, what looks to be a talented player, but one that, um, you know, Jürgen Klopp doesn't entirely trust to, to be that sort of backup left-back. So obviously he's got brought in Costas instead. Um it's yeah, you 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 likely see that. I think they do sort of want to make a little bit of money, don't they, Liverpool, in terms of what's happening in the world. But whether they will be able to do that, I don't know. Um, the the few times I saw Yasser Larucci, I was always impressed with him. You know, I think he's a really really fast player. You know, attacking wise, I think he's 
he's well equipped in terms of maybe defensive. He probably needs to improve on that. But I'm, I'm sure Liverpool, you know, transformed him into a left back, didn't he? he I think he was more of a forward when when he came to Liverpool. So, um, you know, I, th- I think he's got a bright future in the game, but he, it's one he's going to have to forge out for himself, which is always an honest thing to see young players to say. Of it's 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 not gonna happen for me here. I need to go somewhere else and you know get those minutes and you can't blame him really because that you know these are the key years of his development. Um but whether Liverpool get a whatever asking price that you know they're looking at, I'm I'm not too sure about that. Um but you know, is it where you, you loan him out again? I'm not too sure. I think Liverpool are, are wanting certain players off the books and it feels like yeah, so Larucci himself wants to wants to move on so I think you know you thought maybe a deal would have happened sooner but you know no deals are really happening are they so it's, it's such a weird time yeah it's a, a straight time as well Joe for Ben Woodburn obviously a player that's been on Liverpool's books for some time now still a very talented young player but I suppose at the very least another loan would be the best thing for him at the very least yeah I think how old's Ben Woodburn now 21 um you know, I was there that night at Anfield when he when he scored and became the youngest goal scorer against Leeds. And you, know, you expected big things, but I think physically it was always going to be difficult for him because of the position he played. And it, he was a, a shorter lad, wasn't he? And um, it just hasn't really, you know, he hasn't really kicked on the way that he'd like. He's had a lot of injuries, which has been difficult for him. And I think again, he's just someone that needs to find a regular home and regular football, at least a championship loan for him. And if he can prove himself there then potentially the book could look again next summer but um I think he's I think he will eventually depart the club and you know if Liverpool can get five or six million for him I think that'd be good business. Um but it's it's again it's difficult. I think I think we'll see a lot of movement at the very end of the window. Um I think once once teams sort of know where they're at and you know once a couple of games of Premier League football have played been played and you know, if someone's lost two games, they might suddenly scramble in the market, and, and then that will get things moving. So, I think the last week of the window could be could be quite mad. So, um, nobody book any holidays for them. <laughs> the last player on the list, then, Ghosty Nat Phillips is another one who really should probably move on from Liverpool for the best of his career, and I suppose there'll be a couple of teams interested in him as well. Yeah, I think it's is it Bristol City who's interested in Nat Phillips. I know Doyle did the piece last week. Yeah, he's, he's someone who seemed to seem to have a, a good good season um, in, in the um, Bundesliga two last season. Obviously, had that kind of mid-season um, kind of jaunt back to Liverpool, didn't he? And beat Everton and then got straight back off, which was a bit of a strange one. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's someone who um, is will be a, a, a decent, solid, good defender for years to come. But I just Question whether he is at the required level to be a, a regular in a Liverpool team or even a you know four choice. I think if Liverpool can get a, 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 an acceptable fee for him, he's another one who, who will be kind of um, you know less than the books. Yeah, definitely. Thing to watch out for. Last but not least, then no scores to predict until Friday, but the PFA Player of the Year awards do take place tomorrow evening. I'm pretty sure we all agree that Trent Alexander-Arnold will win the Young Player of the Year. But for the main prize, I'm going to go round each of you and ask just very quickly which player you think should win. Obviously, Raheem Sterling and Kevin De Bruyne joining Van Dijk, Mane, Henderson and Trent Alexander-Arnold on the shortlist. Gorsty, we will start with you first. Who do you think is going to win? I think it's going to... um... 
I think they might end up giving it to Kevin De Bruyne, if I'm honest. I think out of Liverpool, I think maybe Henderson and, and Mane have got um, got the, the biggest chances. Trent surely got to be a shoe into the for the young player. Um, you know, what was it, 13 assists last season? Um, in, in a team that was the best defence in the Premier League as well. So fantastic output from him. Um I'd love to see Henderson win it, obviously, but I think he's had he's had quite a lot of recognition lately, hasn't he? He got the Football Writers Award, of course, and and so on. I think um, the powers that be might just give this one to Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, Kevin De Bruyne would be my pick. Joe, who are you going to go for? Um, I think Kevin De Bruyne will win it. Um, I think it'll be between Trent and Rashford for the for the young player. I think Rashford might might sneak that one. I'd give it to Henderson. First of all, just because it would be great. I think he deserves it. I think his work, both on and off the pitch, um, mean that he deserves it. You know, he's led Liverpool to the th- first title in 30 years. That That's quite a big achievement, I think we'll all agree. And and he's been inspirational and he's just done some fantastic work off the pitch during lockdown, obviously, with the NHS. Um, so, you know, I, I hope those sorts of things are considered. I think quite often it's not just the things that they do on the pitch, but the whole story around the player that's considered. I think you know that was that was the case when Ryan Giggs won it some years ago. So, so I'd go for Henderson. Also, it'd be a nice little bit of fume, wouldn't it? Because um, I don't know why, but people really put a lot of thought into these things, and I always kind of think the PFA Player of the Year is nice, you know. But I, I wasn't really, I don't really understand why Man City fans, or the ones that I've seen online tweet about it. Not all Man City fans, obviously, have been so annoyed that Salah won it two years ago, and 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 um, Van Dijk won it last year. I mean, they won the Premier League, so who cares? But Liverpool won the Premier League this time around, and Henderson just to just to up the fume a little bit it always makes things fun, doesn't it? And Kiva, your pick for the PFA's main award? Yeah, it'd be hard to say in Henderson, but I think like the lads have kind of and yourself, Matt, have kind of got a, an inkling. Kevin De Bruyne will nick it. Um, you know, he had a sensational season, but for me, you've you've got to give it to Henderson just for the. The sort of, I don't know, it's a feeling, isn't it, football? It's not always, you know, goals and assists, which Henderson did provide last season as well. Um, But, you know, just to rally Liverpool to that, you know, was just, it was a ruthless campaign, wasn't it? And just sensational from the captain. Um, You know, his story, I think, is just one to believe in, isn't it? Someone, you know, from a complete underdog being almost going to Fulham to, you know, Wanting to stick around and then becoming now, you know, you know, in folklore of of, of Liverpool, he's a land of the company. So I'd love to see him lift that ball. Um, I think Salah got it right, didn't he? A couple of seasons uh, last season was it when after he'd won it the year before, he said to Van Dijk, "Well, you know, watch out because you probably won't win it again now." Uh, which is right because you know once you set that level, then you're not going to win it. And Van Dijk really, you know, come on, he's a monster. Like he should be winning it as well, but. Mane had such a good season. Salah maybe dropped off a little bit, but you know he still got a, a hell of a lot of goals. Um, so you know you you think you think you know Justice will out here and Henderson will get his award and be in a, a nice tuxedo and it's, it's it's quite a large award that isn't it? It's always nice nice pictures of it because it's just so big. Um, I'd be very shocked if Trent Alexander Arnold doesn't win the the young player. Um. Uh, yeah, I just can't can't see it going to any of anyone else. You know, he's a phenomenal player, isn't he? And I mean, in reality, he'd be, he'd be winning that the big awards in the not so near future. I think. 
yeah, it will certainly be interesting to see both of the award winners. And of course, we'll have all of the coverage across the Liverpool Echo website and Blood Red tomorrow night. We'll also be back with a preview of the new season, including a look ahead to the game with Leeds United at the weekend in Friday's Blood Red podcast. But from myself, Matt Addison, Paul Gorst, Joe Rimmer and Kiva O'Neill, until next time on the Blood Red channel, it's goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.